Once again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, episode 42 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis of Nest Friend. That's Alex of Nest Drunk. And today, it's not just the two of us nerds talking about things. We've welcomed a third nerd here. We have Pam of Cannot Be Tamed. Hello, Pam. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on again. The three of us were just having the oldest discussion that <laughs> I think I've had with people that I consider to be my age. I got on here and Alex told me, he's like, go look at my Instagram. I'm so tired. Just for me to see a picture of him tired so I'd believe it. And then you get on here <laughs> talking about back pain. I got a hip that's been acting up. I mean, are we falling apart, YouTubers? What's going on? Yeah, probably. Um, it reminds me of that. Uh, I remember a long time ago, uh, pre-scandal Louis C.K., had a joke about like uh he went to see the doctor about his ankle and um yeah i guess he expected like some sort of like procedure or physical therapy or something like that he got like an x-ray done and it's like oh yeah it's it's yeah your ankle's pretty bad and lucy k is like well what do i do he's like oh nothing it's just it's just shitty now <laughs> it's, it's, you just have to live with that the rest of your life it's just the way it is it's like, I, that's kind of how I feel where it's like, yeah, my, my left knee, my right ankle, uh, my left shoulder, they're, they're just crap. You know, they're, they're just, yeah, they're, they're used frequently and they're, they're not getting any better. So it's just like, learn to love it because they ain't going away. <laughs> Pam, what happened to your back? Did you have to contort yourself to fit the dog in the bed? How'd that, how, what, how'd it happen? <laughs> <laughs> I know what that's about. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I didn't like exercise or do anything out of the norm i went like trudging through the snow yesterday but that shouldn't make my back hurt like i'm totally used to like upper back and neck pain just randomly out of nowhere but this was like middle back so i was like i don't know it's a whole new kind of pain for me <laughs> that's the worst when you get a new kind of pain that's mm -hmm. never a fun surprise you know i i have uh, some foot stuff going on with me and I've been trying to run because I'm training for, if you remember episode 30, we did that episode where we interviewed Tara who ran 72 or whatever, just too many, too many miles in a day. 7,200 <laughs> miles. 7,300 yeah. miles in a day. And she wasn't tied to a station wagon or anything. She did that on her own. And she talked me into signing up for a 25K later this year. So at some point, I mean, the clock's ticking. I got to figure out how to run that long, right? So I've been trying to practice in my house on my treadmill because it's been snowy out. But my feet... They're just all kinds of messed up. So I said, okay, we got to get this, we got to go to a doctor, get this checked out. So I've been having some pain with it, like some surface issues, bruising and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't, maybe it's a shoe thing I'm not figuring out. So I go in there and I have my sock off and the doctor walks in, doesn't say hi to me, doesn't say, hey, how you doing? I'm Dr. Such and such. <laughs> he just looks in at my foot and says, Raynaud's disease, look it up. And I was like, you're the doctor. Why am I? I did WebMD before I got here. Did he just leave after that? He didn't. I fought back on it because I was like, well, I have looked it up, and I don't think that's what it is. But I had to talk him into giving me an x-ray. He was like, fine, we can do an x-ray if you want. And I was like, yeah, I literally came here so that you would take good, hard looks at my foot. Like, <laughs> I didn't come here for you to roll the dice on it, man. So he was kind of a douche, <laughs> but, um, we, you know, we're making some progress, I think, but... Be careful with the podiatrist out there. They're they're a, a arrogant bunch. Does this, this guy got like a bet with another doctor? Like, watch this. Like, I'm just gonna walk <laughs> in. I'm gonna close my eyes and be like, Raynaud's disease. Yeah, and, yeah, I think so. And, like one out of every 100 times, he's right. Yeah, sometimes I don't even that, think he was that, a doctor. <laughs> just some guy. 
some guy. Yeah, that's that's happened to me too, though. Um, I have a weird kind of eczema that shows up on my hands like once every like every November. I want to say it doesn't matter where I am in the country or anything like that. It's the most bizarre thing ever. I've never been able to get any kind of uh, uh, you know help from any doctors because no, nope, everybody's always been like, "Huh, that's weird." Oh, your hands are just messed up, I guess. You know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> and then I saw this other guy, um, Dr. Kumar. I'll never forget this dude because he was just like so matter of fact, like, oh, yeah, this dishydrosis. That's classic case. That's some quality dishydrosis right there. And I was like, holy shit, you're the first person to ever actually like tell me what this is. Like, oh, yeah, I remember doing a project about that. Blah, 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 blah. Here's incidental story, anecdotes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's like looking at it like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, thank God, finally, somebody. I guess you just need to run into the right person or something. Yeah, I guess It's like a relationship. You just need to... There should be a Tinder, but for doctors. Dude, that's (laughs) a really good point. And another thing this doctor did that aggravated me was he just wrote down three things he thought it was on a yellow post-it note and handed it to me when I left. Like, (laughs) he didn't give me any advice. He was just like, here's three things it could be. We'll see you later. Like, what if it were these things? Then would you do something? Like, what am I supposed to do with this fucking post-it note? So nah, then you just yeah you you Google it just like uh, I'm sure Pam was googling middle back <laughs> yeah. pain not lower not upper but middle back pain <laughs> like what that is and how that happens if it's a muscle thing or what yeah I wanted to be like do you want me to just take this to an actual doctor is that what you're asking <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well I think old person corner we can we can put it behind us it's a new segment here on the show I hope everybody liked it. It, you know, it pretty much is. We might as well just make it official. Yeah. Sometimes we do old man weather corner, but, you know, we phased out of that a little bit. It's been crummy weather for a while. We can't always be negative. My my high school friend, uh, Gretchen, <laughs> I remember one time we were just, I we talked through email. That's how old we are. Um, We just have like email chains of certain subjects and we just go on and on about certain stuff. I remember one time we were just like, you ever just eat a tomato just to eat it? <laughs> <laughs> We're both like, yeah, tomatoes are good, huh? Yeah, yeah, good tomatoes. That's a, that was it. Yeah, that's a good old person conversation. I think I recall my dad having that conversation before with <laughs> me in the room. Yeah, just put a little salt on it. See, they are good. They're delicious, <laughs> right? especially like green tomatoes. Yeah, heck yeah. We're still not out of old person corner yet. We almost made it. I'm going to force this out of it now. I was going to we shift it on in the YouTube video corner since that's something that we all do. Maybe you can start off with Pam. Yeah, Conquest of the Crystal Palace came out recently. It's a it's one of those games that has a a good dog in it. And um <laughs> you know, as as an NES fan myself, I'm ashamed I'm not very familiar with that game, but your video was very enlightening. Thank you. Yeah, I um Actually, the first place I saw a video of it was uh, Norm did a video about it like seven years ago or something before I think before he got really into like the history stuff. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And then I watched uh, Snestrunk's video on it just recently as well. But yeah, I don't know. I just love dogs and games. I'm thinking about just dedicating a video to best dogs in video games, <laughs> so uh, Conquest of the Crystal Palace was uh, was a fun one. Like it's another one of those sort of overlooked games that like looks really good, plays really well. So it's got a very cool item shop in it. In addition to the dog, is the dog what drew you to it? Were you like, oh, I want to try this? Looks like there's some dog action. Hmm. It was. Yeah, oh, nice. for sure. Isn't there a website what? or something where they 
they will like if a new game comes out they tell you whether or not you can pet the, pet the dog or a dog in it yes it's yeah. a twitter feed it's a twitter feed. okay that's right mm-hmm. yeah that, that yeah, might be something you can time, base your videos on that's a good idea and a lot of time if it if they come out and say you can't pet the dog in this game the developers will then put in a patch and <laughs> make it so you can pet the dog <laughs> gotta love that changing the world one game at a time yep so where would the uh, the Shiba Inu from Silent Hill 2 place on your dog power rankings when it comes to dogs in video games? Uh, I've never played Silent Hill 2, but I have seen the, the cutscene. I yeah. mean, pretty high. That dog seems pretty powerful. So. <laughs> I just love the, the... It's so cute. It's got like a headset on, and it's in front of this giant control panel, and it's looking all serious. Yeah, that's that'd be close to number one for me, if not number one. Did you outright mm-hmm. earn that ending when you played that, Alex, or is this just something you've picked up? And it's and just what? something I've I uh, stumbled across when watching an LP of it years and years and years ago. It was so unexpected. I just got such a kick out of it and just laughed my ass off. So yeah, I I, I haven't spent that much time with Silent Hill two, but if if that dog were in the game the whole time, it would probably be my my most favorite game ever. <laughs> I think uh, isn't Pearl? She's she has a uh, an affinity for dogs in video games. I seem to see her tweet a lot of dog related. Yeah, she follows them. Um, I don't know what her uh, her go to would be for dogs. Probably um, uh, the Fallout dog. Um, oh right, yeah. what the heck is it? Hmm. yeah dog what, meat. What's, dog meat. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, emergency food supply, but that's from <laughs> that's from Excel Saga. You wouldn't be wrong. Um, You'd just be saying it different, but. Yeah, huh. um, yeah. Conquest of the Crystal Palace is one of those games. I, it's probably shot up in price like crazy, though. I'm guessing, but it's one of those games. You know, we're gonna get Metal Jesus's lawyers after us again, <laughs> but it, it's a it's a hidden gem oh, because God. it really is one of those like non first party, non Capcom Konami uh, game that's like really polished. Um, you know, it doesn't have that like jank to it from like an unknown developer. It's it's really uh, there's not a lot of like sour surprises in it. It's it's really good. I it's really polished, and I love the uh, shop mechanic in it. Where um, and the shop girl there is really cute, uh, along <laughs> yeah. with the dog too. It's just a really good package of a lot of fun stuff. It's uh, yeah. it's not and- too pricey. It's only like thirty, which is in the grand scheme of things really? not terrible. Yeah, that's not horrible. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's also, I find a lot of the hidden gems are ones that released after the Super Nintendo came out. And this one was 1990, so it was like just before. Um, So I'm not sure why why it's so hidden. I wonder if it got any coverage in Nintendo Power at the time or or what. That's interesting. That's a good question. For some reason, and I could be just making up a false memory, but I feel like I can see it inside of a Nintendo Power when I close my eyes. Mm. Who knows? I'm always seeing Nintendo Powers when I close my eyes. <laughs> you should like see a doctor for that. Well, he probably won't help. We could, I'd probably <laughs> write write through things on a post-it note and then tell you to go. He'll just write snesterunk URLs on there and tell me to go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trav, you looked at Infiltrator. I did. Um, Took a good, hard, long, long look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, presumably has you infiltrate things. It does. Yeah, you will. That is the point. And it actually looked not so great. It's not based fun. on. Yeah, 
on the surface looking at it you know from the cockpit like if you squint hard enough you're like not bad but when you play it for more than a minute you're like bad it's very tedious <laughs> and uh, you got to have the manual to even know what's up i mean it makes you do it makes you like do really mundane helicoptery things that i'm not sure you really have to do in an actual helicopter like flying an actual helicopter potentially could be easier in real life but uh it doesn't force you to do all that and then the next part of it's just a spy versus spy knockoff situation so it's very mundane and repetitive and uh not all that interesting but you know i put in the work we got the video out people are in there <laughs> dogging it in the comments like i suspected they would and i'm there for it i agree with them well yeah you got to check out the cover it's a port from you know it went from you know uh europe pc land basically with all commodore mm -hmm. uh yeah. atari 8 bits and all that uh, zx spectrum all that crap here's the cover i've just posted it in the chat and they're taking advantage of this by saying it's the game that rocked America. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. They're not very so, specific yeah, about what part of America, though. You have to key in on that. <laughs> the game that rocked uh, Jackson, Mississippi or <laughs> yeah. Tallahassee or Kalamazoo, Michigan. or Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Uh, but yeah, I, I doubt either of you have had much experience with that game, but an interesting thing about it is that for some reason, I, I didn't own many games growing up, but my brother had given me these, this small stack of hand-me-down NES games. And the only game that I owned for 20 years that was complete in box was Infiltrator. So <laughs> it was always kind of a prized possession because it'd be like, guys, check out my games in this one, complete in box. And they'd be like, that one looks gross. I'm like, I know, but it's in the box. Come on. <laughs> But that's all I got on Infiltrator. But hey, Alex, you had a pretty interesting week. You you maybe um, convinced yourself that I, there was a caveman game out there that's not completely trite and terrible. Well, I mean, Joe and Mac and Joe and Mac 2 are good. Right. True. Those are caveman games that's that true. aren't completely terrible. Uh, but the one that just posted on Nintendo Switch Online, Prehistoric Man, I, I looked at that one like uh, five years ago, I think. I just grouped all the caveman games together in one video and it was one of those, you know, it's one of those games you, you play for a little while and for one reason or another, you just set it aside and it's like utterly forgettable and it's like, all right, fine, this exists. And then I, when I revisited again this past week, I was like, oh crap, this is why I didn't like it. It's because the camera makes me nauseous. Like, when you move from left to right suddenly, which this game forces you to do often, uh, it's you feel like your eyes are, like, bouncing around in your head because the camera is so bad in this game. I can't stand stuff like that. So it's real easy to just, like, give it a thumbs down just based on that. But I tried to, you know, point out all the strengths and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a nice-looking game. The music's good. And you can tell the people that made it actually gave a crap. Um, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Like there's shops where you can buy stuff, and they have an interesting way of getting around a password in a safe system by s buying life insurance. So while the game, you know, if you shut the power off to the system, it's, uh, you know, there's no way you, you can't get your progress back, but you can still hit the reset button or whatever else, and the life insurance will bring you back to the shop that you bought it from. So as long as you keep the system on, it's at least there's that. So right, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, but uh, it definitely ended up uh, looking better than I expected, just based on the title. Like, is it seems like a very generic title. Like, I almost thought that it was also going to be some weird port from like an Amiga or something. Oh, it is. Yeah, and it's well, it's not a direct port. Right. But it's uh, 
It, it, it's an Amiga ass game. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. right. I think you say that in the video too, but it, it looks more polished than you might expect with that bit of information. But I also yeah. didn't even Not a- notice the camera until you, you pointed out that you didn't like it. And then I keyed in on it. And then I was like, no, there's no way that would, that was making me dizzy. Yo, yeah, I get. I I guess I'm just sensitive to that sort of stuff because I get that almost right away. There's a couple other games that do that. Um, I just can't remember them off the top of my head. I remember Jim Power was one of them. It's like screw that game. Game can go to hell. <laughs> I just <laughs> ugh, gross. Um, but yeah, prehistoric man. It's not for me, but it does have that neat little you know percentage counter at the end of each uh, level. All the levels are all pretty big, so it rewards you for exploring and taking your time. There's no time limit or anything, so I can see how somebody might like it, but it's not for me. It's for damn sure. Gotcha. The Simpsons arcade. I I just decided to do a, a let's play for that. It's like 40 minutes long, because for something like that, it's if I were to do like a regular video like I normally do. It'd be like 90 seconds long. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Here, here's, uh, it's the Simpsons. It's, it's this game. Everybody already knows this game. It's, it's a great representation of the source material. It looks great. It's four player. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not much else to say. So it, I thought it would be more fun if I just played through the whole thing. Very cool. Good week. Good job, everybody. We've done it. We've done YouTube stuff. Congrats. Yay. There'll be more YouTube talk later. <laughs> We're not completely. Are we taking a break now or what? What's I don't know. I don't know what. I, I'm bad at segues. We're all tired, rolled. I get to use that excuse. My foot hurts. My doctor didn't help me. Okay. Let's get into some emails. Uh, first one here says, Hi, Trav and Alex. Longtime listener. First time emailer into the show. I don't have a commute anymore since COVID, but Drunk Friend made the cut of the few podcasts I'm still able to keep up with. So thank you. This is from Joe, by the way. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. Uh, he has a couple questions here. Number one. Since your YouTube channels are not your full-time jobs, what motivates you to play through some of the real craptacular games on your respective systems that someone playing casually would just move on from? So I'll stop here. We can answer this one. Start with Pam, maybe. Pam, do you... I see, like, your channel is not so much about doing an entire library or something. You seem to kind of float Mm -hmm. toward things that interest you already, so maybe you don't have to force yourself to play craptacular games. But in the event that maybe the, the review turns out to be poor in favor of the game um or not in favor of the game how does how do you handle that well it depends on the game really sometimes like i don't feel a need to finish something um it doesn't happen often but like i think kid chameleon was the the biggest one that that happened and i was just like i'm not enjoying this but i feel like i've played enough to give my opinion on it Whereas on other ones, like I did um, Adventures of Dino Ricky a few <laughs> months ago, and I just got so mad, and it was just like a personal challenge where I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this stupid game, and then I'm gonna trash it in a video, and <laughs> that'll make me feel better. So, <laughs> yeah, so I don't generally like seek out games that I don't think I'm going to enjoy or a lot of the time if I think oh maybe I'm gonna do a review of this and I play it for five minutes and I'm just like mm, nah gonna gonna pass on this one so really depends on the game how much time I put into it if I like feel I've got this like sunk cost fallacy it's like well I've already done this much I may mm-hmm. as well just suffer just a little more so does yeah. Kid Chameleon actually end yeah, I think so. There's a lot of levels, though. Yeah, it feels like it doesn't. It's the game that never ends. But yeah, I remember the the Dino Ricky game. If, if to me, I got the vibe from you on that video that you really felt compelled to 
go out and tell people, you know, like your Paul Revere, like, you know, riding on a horse, <laughs> like warning everybody, like not to play the game. So mm-hmm. I appreciated that aspect of it. But yeah, there was definitely some emotion, some gritted teeth there a bit. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I always go back to how I felt as a kid toward um, how unfair it felt that I only had access to like 5% of the Super Nintendo library. Library? Library? I always say library. I hate that word. <laughs> library. Um and, you know, that's through rent and how much of that is through rentals and I'm subject to whatever might be checked in on any given weekend. So I just try and relish the opportunity to be able to play whatever I want, um, even if it is something like Prehistoric Man or Pit Fighter or Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball. But um, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, stuff, <laughs> stuff like that is just... Uh, and plus, I've always, you know, I just want to know what these games are, so I don't have to keep asking that, and then I can move on. I kind of have a, uh, I won't say morbid curiosity, but in in the way of in in the gaming world, I guess it's just jank curiosity. Like, I can go into a game knowing that this isn't going to be the best game I've ever played, but <laughs> I still might find some value in how ridiculously bad it is, just because maybe it gives me some funny line to say in a video, or uh, you know, at the very least, it's amusing because it's like wow what the hell were they thinking with this so i don't know i think of all of the games that i've done and i've i'm not i've not made as many videos as you guys of course so my experiences are a little fewer but the worst experience that i've had for some reason was the second and third back to the future game like that was a just such a slog and i've played worse games i played infiltrator but at least i had some curiosity i'm like what were they doing where's this going but i knew the source material for back to the future and then i played that game and i was like this is bad this is just uh, this is awful so there's only been a couple of times or just one time that i can think of where i was like i don't know if i could keep doing this it's awful (laughs) yeah well plus uh one thing you just reminded me of is that i am a massive massive fanboy for mystery science theater 3000 so i love anything to do with like bad movies bad games bad music and that sort of stuff and just kind of you know it's like oh this poor little game something someone made this someone really put effort into this little <laughs> thing and it exists <laughs> poor thing um yeah so all right we'll take uh, question two here then he says if you are able can you go into some detail regarding your retro gaming setups in my mind trav is a game collector so i'm thinking that he's more of a purist only playing on original hardware whereas alex has more play it any way you can men- mentality Am I in the ballpark with my assumptions? And of course, we'll let Pam weigh in too. Uh, you pretty much nailed it with me. I but I do use um, an EverDrive, an NES uh, EverDrive cart, just for ease. I mean, otherwise, I'm just constantly switching cartridges in and out and cleaning them constantly. And so um, I do rely on that. But I do use the original Nintendo. I have used original cartridges before, but you just can't beat the uh, for for the sake of footage and even. Uh, utilizing some of the cheat functions to get footage from places in the game that you aren't skilled enough to get to. You just can't beat a good EverDrive experience. Well, now we're going to get inundated with uh, emails talking about how we're not real gamers. I know. We're not. <laughs> we're just you, we're just scrappy YouTubers. We're fake gamers, Trav. Yep, famers. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, um, that's pretty much on the nose for me, too. I have a, for Super Nintendo stuff, I have a SD2 SNES Pro flash cart. 
and the uh, analog Super NT, which is super nifty, really nice. Um, but I do have the uh, my original Super Nintendo still there, um, even though it is kind of slowly deteriorating, sadly. Uh, but yeah, I have an NES EverDrive, I have the Mega EverDrive for Genesis, um, and I do use a lot of, like, MAME and, uh, FB Alpha and whatever else for, uh, arcade stuff. So, yeah, any way I can. What about you, Pam? I sort of do a little bit of both. Uh, So, for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis... Um, I will have the actual cartridges, but I play them on a Retron, which I know is just dumping the ROM and basically like emulating it, but you need the actual cart to play it. Um, I just like not having to have three separate systems and being able to do it all in one and also save states, which, without yes. which I may not finish much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but then the disc-based things, which are harder to get one of those sort of clone consoles for um like ps i've got a ps2 and xi um hooked up and i just sort of play those through that um i play everything on a flat screen tv so i use a retro tink to get an hdmi output signal on those um i do want to do some more sega stuff so i am actually going to be first reviewing and then playing on an everdrive cart for the Sega stuff, because I don't, I, I don't really want to collect for any more systems, but I would like to play more, um, like Genesis games or uh, maybe some Master System. Cool. Mm. Yeah, that reminds me. I, I didn't mention the uh, TV. Uh, I, I do have both a tiny little viewing monitor that's like a nine-inch screen that I usually use with uh, through a frame uh, frame meister thingy. Um, and then I also have like my normal TV, which I have mounted. It's just a regular old like 40 inch LCD screen. Um, but to me, when it comes to, uh, I don't want to know. Yeah, excuse me. I want to know what you guys think of this. Like what, what is, when it comes to playing this stuff, what, what is the most important stuff that you need to make sure you get a handle of? Because for me, it's, I got to make sure I get the input lag as minimal as possible so I can really get a uh, the right kind of experience that I'm looking for. And I need to make sure, once that's out of the way, I need to make sure I'm playing the game with the original controller. I think that's a big deal, too. What about you folks? I don't really have an issue with the input lag with, um, with my setup, so it's fortunately not something I've had to worry about. But I do, uh, I do like playing with the original hardware, like the controller and... Um, or light gun or whatever. I mean, you can do, you know, light gun games are difficult to do with emulation. So that became like an, a deal where I, I can't remember what game it was or what controller it was, but I wasn't using, I think it was a Genesis game and I was using a Super Nintendo controller like on an emulator. <laughs> and I'm like, this just isn't right. Like, th- how am I going to accurately judge this game if I don't, if I'm playing using a freaking Super Nintendo controller? And that was kind <laughs> of like a, a eureka moment. I was like, oh yeah, I should really. <laughs> Think about getting a, a Mega EverDrive. I like to have the original controller too, or, although I will admit that sometimes I play NES games with a Super Nintendo controller just because the NES controller is just so... The edges are so hard <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. they dig into my fingers and it hurts. Uh, but generally, I like to have the original controller and I don't... 
I don't tend to notice lag. Like I've had other people sit down and like play a game that I'm playing and they're like, how are you playing this? <laughs> this is so laggy and I don't really even notice it. So uh, that doesn't really bother me as much, but I have a total mental block for PC versus console. Like I know you can emulate all kinds of stuff on like a PC emulator, but like I do not want to play a console game on a PC ever. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Is that just because it's like not a accurate representation of what it was in originally intended for, or I just why like do you think to, like, that is? Sit in my nice, comfy recliner in front oh. of a television and not sure. have to worry about the rest of it. Sitting at a desk, desks <laughs> suck. <laughs> so, so you don't you, you don't want to get like work email notifications while no. you're playing Mario <laughs> no, <I> three. <laughs> Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I can empathize um, with that. I my yeah. setup was originally because I at first I re- I was using a RetroPie to do this like at my computer desk, and like two videos in, I was like, oh, my ass hurts. <laughs> I need to <laughs> I need to uh, move to a different room. So then I I set up my yeah. more permanent setup where I could relax and. All right, so uh, to wrap up this email, Joe G here says a special shout out to Alex's Nintendo Music Compilation uh, compilations. They've been fantastic to listen to while working from home all these months. Cheers. So thank you, Joe G, for that email. Cheers, Joe. Oh, is that my turn to talk? It could okay. be. It could absolutely <laughs> be. Yep. <laughs> Hola, intoxicated amigos. I am not, I am aggressively sober right now. So, <laughs> champion of burgers, back to pick at your brains. It's our friend Burger Champ. Hell yeah. Also, to ask you a question, what NES game or series do you think benefited the most in a subsequent entry or entries on the Super Nintendo? So, he's asking, like, what series by benefited? I'm wondering if he means, like, benefited long term or was just, like, the best leap from NES to Super Nintendo? I gotta. I'm, I'm just going to jump in and get my answer out because I think it's super obvious, and I don't want you guys to steal it. I think Metroid benefited a lot from Super Metroid in terms of legacy and becoming a mainstay in the Nintendo uh, franchise. So, if that's, that's what he's looking for, I think prob- that's a good answer. Yeah, I think that's the most. Uh, yeah, that's the most obvious answer right there. It's got to be Super Metroid. But um, shout out to Castlevania Four mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Mega Man X and uh, what's the other one? Contra Three. Turtles in Time, all that stuff. Um, God, Capcom and Konami used to kick so much ass. <laughs> it's just <laughs> ridiculous what's happened to them. Um, so does anyone have an answer do you that's have any, not, not any of those? Yeah. Uh, any any uh, hidden gems, Pam? <laughs> well, I've only played like 12 Super Nintendo games. So. Do you hear that, uh, Alice? A lot of the ones. What? <laughs> I never had a Super Nintendo growing up, so... Like, I just got into it recently. So, Um, I mean, what about Mario? You've played Mario World, I hope. Yes, I have. And I don't think it's, like, I wouldn't say that's a a huge leap from Mario 3. Like, you know, obviously, it's technically more impressive, but I don't feel like it benefited as much as, say, like a Super Castlevania 4. Um, and I never played the original Metroid, so I'm, I mean, by looking at it, I can tell how big of an upgrade Super is, but, yeah. Mm. uh, hmm. and then I guess I was playing A Link to the Past, which I need to get back to. That was, that, that was a pretty big improvement over the original Legend of Zelda, which I'm actually not a fan of, so. Boo. No, <laughs> um, 
No, I, I, I think I'm with you on Mario. I don't think, in retrospect anyway, that Mario World is that big of a leap over uh, Mario 3, especially because Mario 3 has those themed worlds, like the giant worlds, and, um, you know, it, it just feels like more fun. Uh, they had a little bit more fun with it. It was the pinnacle of NES, whereas Mario World's just the beginning of another console where it's very far from realizing its full potential. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He, he does, a, the champion of burgers does have another question here. Um, oh, he also wants to know what game or series do you think squandered the move from NES to SNES? Now, that's a good one. Hmm. Nothing seems as obvious as the whole Metroid thing from earlier, so I can't steal an answer, unfortunately, so I don't know. <laughs> um, Was there like a... I mean, my my, hmm. my first answer would be like... I mean, the, the first place my brain goes to is Super Adventure Island, just because Adventure Island 3, and then the Adventure Island 4 that never came to the US, uh, at least on NES, is another one that was just like really fun, uh, light years ahead of... Super Adventure Island, but then they kind of made up with it with uh, Super Adventure Island 2 for Super Nintendo, where it was more like a Monster World game uh, than just a basic, you know, side-scroller. So I think that'd probably be my answer. Man, nothing really comes to mind that's just jumping out at me for this one. Well, the uh, the Champion of Burgers comes back with, what about PS1 to PS2? Is there a gamer series that what, which one benefited the most? Which one kind of squandered it the most? Hmm. For squandered, I'd go with Metal Gear Solid just because the first game is fun and the rest of the games are not. <laughs> that seems like a valid opinion to have here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 45-minute cutscenes with horribly stilted dialogue and just art school crap and just get out of here. <laughs> I'd say um, Star Ocean again, just because Star Ocean on PS1 was fantastic and the rest were not. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know there were Star Ocean for PS2. Yeah, till the end of time, or I don't know. There's two I always get confused. One's on 360 and one's on PS2. Yep, till the end of time. Third game in the Star Ocean series. Okay. Yeah, same developer, Tri-Ace. So, interesting. I didn't even know that existed. I know all about Second... We actually own Second Story. But, um, yeah, I didn't even know this existed. So, that would probably be why, because it must not be very good. Hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, I think there's a lot of things, like, even, um, like, Suikoden going from, like, that beautiful, beautiful pixel art in two to like the weird blank anime faces in three is I haven't played three yet, but like just visually it's like, Ugh, hmm. why? <laughs> okay. I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> you pretty much nailed it with the blank anime faces. Yeah. It does the, <laughs> yeah, it's just they're expressionless. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, yeah, the PS1 games. Yeah, you've got the little character portraits and stuff like that, and it's just full of life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so much better. Pixel art is aged a thousand times better than so many early 3D games. It's uh, I will go to my grave 
<laughs> oh yeah, shaking my fist at the at the sky. Yeah, 3D puberty yeah. was rough on all of us. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Burger Champ, those were good. Those questions were so good, it, it shut us up. We were thinking most of the time they're not talking a lot, so <laughs> we apologize to the crowd. But we thank you, Burger Champ. Those were very good questions. We'll move on here to uh, email number three, and we have another guy who. Everyone just seems to like to call us amigos and stuff, which is, I guess that's cool. Uh, he says, hey there, amigos borrachos. I don't know if that was a typo or maybe I just don't know that Spanish word, but borrachos. Okay. Um, hello, Mr. Borracho yourself. He says, I love that you insist on reading happy holidays emails apparently year round. I just wanted to wish you all and the podcast listeners happy holidays. May you have a Merry Valentine's Day and a Happy President's Day. In a couple of weeks, I'll have to write you again to wish you a... Happy National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day, followed by, of course, a Merry Tartar Sauce Day. I love the holidays. Sincerely, some guy not named Mark. And I think the best part of reading that email now is that he wrote that well ahead, thinking we would definitely get it by Valentine's Day, and we still didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you, some guy not named Whoops. Mark. Happy holidays to you as well, sir. He had no question. Yeah. Unless maybe we, maybe we could answer, what is our favorite holidays? I think mine's Halloween. Well, I want to know about this national stuffed or crab stuffed flounder day. What if, is that? Give me real? some of that. I don't know. I just Googled I, it I, and I it auto filled before I got the stuffed. It is Thursday, February eighteenth. <laughs> it's tomorrow, folks. Heck yeah! Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just in time. See, I like. I'm starting to like uh, certain seafood. So I'm all about that. Actually, I um, want to correct. I said it's tomorrow, but this podcast doesn't come out for a week, so. Uh, Mark, um, happy retro belated National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day. I hope it was good. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Email us your uh, your favorite National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day recipes. I, I would very much love to read those. So you like seafood if, now? Was that not a thing with you before, Alex? Um, I'm allergic to a lot of stuff, oh. and I, I didn't want to like roll the dice with something I knew I would probably react poorly to. But I love fish. I love salmon, especially. Mm. Um, swordfish is delicious. Um, especially with asparagus, you just, you know, throw it in the oven with, like, tons of butter, with, like, slice up some lemons, put that on there, too. It's delicious. I'm pretty open to seafood. So, this is a conversation. Pam, do you like seafood? I do. I, I ate salmon today. Heck yeah. Ah, I'm jealous. <laughs> Nice. And also, I also looked up, um, I said also twice, I looked up uh, Tartar Sauce Day. That's actually on March 3rd. So we do have one to look forward to if we want to plan for that. Yes. I will plan for it. I don't mind tartar sauce. I don't, Hmm. I I think most sauces, you know, like, especially things like mayonnaise, they get like a bad rap because certain restaurants and certain people for that matter don't use them properly. Uh, It feels like they get kind of slathered on instead of you know just used in moderation yeah i agree you know, i think burger king was what uh turned me against mayonnaise <laughs> when i was a kid they must have had a a surplus that they needed to get rid of or the guy in the back of ours just had it like in the back of like a shotgun and just <laughs> i mean it was way too much <laughs> way too much you could like smell it from outside in the parking lot and be like wow mayonnaise. Oh. Ugh, what's going on is it sitting on like a Mayonnaise is like well or something. I don't know. I don't know how mayonnaise works. <laughs> yeah, he's got to keep the mayonnaise impresario in line. You know, he's, he's got to keep him on his good side. Otherwise, he, you know, he's he's got some dirt on him or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I remember um, I made the mistake. This was so long ago. This was like in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, I think. I made the mistake of um, 
it was the person I was dating at the time. Uh, we went to Subway, and I was like, no, I don't want anything to eat or anything like that. And she was insistent. You have to get something. You can't just sit there. So I got a, a salad from Subway, and it was some sort of uh, spinach thing where it, <laughs> they seriously just put, like, a bunch of iceberg lettuce and, and, and crap and green stuff, threw it into a bowl, and I watched them in horror as they, like took this giant tub of mayo and just like squeezed put like five pumps of mayo into it and then took a a big spoon and like mixed it together and yeah I, I, when i when i got that i just i can't believe i paid three dollars for this i'm just gonna sit here and stare at it and oh, hopefully i'll get my money's worth that way but it was just it was horrifying so that scared me off of mayo for for many many years but i really like it now i like it on a sandwich as long as it's uh it's got enough stuff in it to to complement, you know, everything should complement each other on a good sandwich. So mayo's part of the equation. Mm-hmm. I like to dip my french fries in mayo. Oh, I never tried that. I'll, I'll have to try that now, too. Hmm. <laughs> have you ever done that, Trav? No, I'm not a huge mayo fan. I Mayo to me is like ketchup to Pam. We, we are very polar opposites <laughs> on our condiment uh, opinions. Really? You don't like ketchup? Nope. Occasionally, I... I I grew up not liking it. Now I will occasionally dip a French fry in a tiny bit of ketchup, but like, I I don't want it on my burger. I don't want it on basically anything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think like where else would you use ketchup? Like that's pretty much all I use it for is with potatoes, with uh, tater tots, and I mean, I've seen maybe- people like put it on eggs, like on breakfast food. Uh- I had a friend who used to put it in his craft dinner, which is like the literal worst use of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know someone who does that. That's right. And when you say craft um, dinner, that's that's just what we would call mac and cheese, right? Yeah. Okay. But like the cheap boxed mac and cheese, not like real mac and cheese. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, it's weird even if I didn't know it was mac and cheese. It's it's weird. Because well, Kraft makes it. Right, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> Anything that you could potentially call a Kraft dinner, you don't want to smother that in ketchup. So that's why I was just clarifying <laughs> that. It's grosser than you think it sounds. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Uh, this is a great Ugh. podcast. We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, talking about food, man. All about food. I, I, we, we should have a, a old man corner or a old person corner and then a food corner, I think. Start every podcast with that. <laughs> Just watch the downloads trickle, trickle away. <laughs> I mean, you've dropped the "what are we, what are you drinking?" question, so you gotta gotta replace it with some kind of. I know, dude. I'm dr- we had to straighten I'm up. Drinking, starting to catch up to us. I'm drinking water. I got some ginger ale over here. I got a uh, lemon lime Gatorade. Like I'm not. You're drinking dr- everything. I'm not drinking a whole lot of alcohol lately, but yeah, I'm, this is just what's on my desk right now. Was that you wanting us to ask what you're drinking, Pam? Are you drinking something tonight? Oh, I mean, I ha- I'm having a beer. Hell yeah! But like, it's a what is it? It's a Lost Craft Lemon Lime Sour. Oh, nice. Oh, that sounds like a pearl beer. Very cool. Who like makes it? Too. Um, Lost Craft. Oh, that's the. <laughs> that was, I thought you were just being <laughs> clever. Um. Okay, yeah. She the the sourer the better. Like she loves that kind of stuff. I can't stand it. I didn't used to. It kind of gave me like a tummy ache. But we're good now. Me and sours, we can we can agree. It feels like I can't digest it or something. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, 
Next email, we've got, hey, Alex and Trav. Love the podcast. You are doing a great job. Thank you. Question for Alex. When the Switch online service first announced that it was doing SNES games, you said you didn't have a Switch. And I said, okay, no prob. (laughs) You recently said in an episode that you still don't have a Switch. This is me yelling at my phone, why don't you have a Switch? Still love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Idea for Trav. You should start a GoFundMe page for Alex to get a Switch. (laughs) The new Mario theme Switch just came out. Love the podcast. You are really two drunk friends talking about video games, and it's great. Sorry this email is too long, Terrence. Uh, And (laughs) as of February 17th, I still don't have a Switch. I like that uh, Terrence would scream at you, then tell you you were doing a great job, and then come back to it again. That was That's a good email, Terrence. That's a way to keep us off balance. <laughs> I want to switch. It's not a matter of, like, I, I, I'm unable to obtain one. It's not like I'm, like, Indiana Jones looking for the Ark or something <laughs> like that, like Lost Covenant or whatever, but I'm. it would just end up gathering dust alongside my 3DS. Like, I just wouldn't be able to give it the time it deserves based on how much I would pay for it. I get that. Now that there's a... However, there was a Mario Golf game announced today um, for Switch as part of the... Whatever you call it, the Direct. And that may end up getting... You know, that may be the the straw that breaks the camel's back. I may end up getting it just for that. Because I love golf games. Mario Golf for 3DS was great. Um, what else is on Switch? What else should I get? Odyssey. Yeah, Breath of the Wild's fun. You know, eh, I don't know if I'd like Breath of the Wild that much. It's not really my. Th- I don't really like open world stuff. It's a huge time sink too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Odyssey and and the other thing. Yeah, <laughs> that works. And golf, golf. So yeah, but yeah, that's just two games right there. And once I crank through those, then all of a sudden it's like you know November twenty fourth and. <laughs> That's that's how long it takes me to freaking beat these games because I play like you know twenty minutes, thirty minutes at a time, and yeah, I I just feel like I wouldn't do it justice because I wouldn't play it that much. You'll have to wait for the next iteration to come out and get one cheap, and then catch up that way. That would that would work. Yeah, that's how I do things. I wait thirty years, then I buy the thing I wanted, (laughs) then I play it a bunch, (laughs) then I start a YouTube channel about it. Uh. It'd be cool if they re- released another. I don't know if they've done this yet. Maybe they have uh, released like an all portable version, but, but with a bigger screen. I don't think so. Maybe they released mm, one where you couldn't cause... take the controllers off, and it was just strictly portable. But I don't know if the screen was bigger. Yeah, well, if they do that with a with a bigger screen, like like the XL style screen, yeah, that would be cool. Cool. Make it happen, Terrence. Uh, get get with Nintendo and, and get them to make the Switch for Alex. So he'll Doug get, Bowser, get him on the line. Yeah, Doug, Dougie Doug. All right, thanks for the email, Terrence. We appreciate that, um, and everyone. Thank you for those emails. Let's just talk to Pam now. Let's 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 cut out let's cut out the the other questions and all the emails. Let's just see what's Pam up to. Pam, you play a lot of modern games, um, which I mean, compared comparatively, I think. Uh, what's yeah mm-hmm. compared to us? What's good these days? What you what you working on that came out in in the last six months in the last six months um i'm trying to think of what's new i, w- I was playing uh, cyber shadow which just came out recently mm. although it looks old and <laughs> eh, i'm honestly not that sold on it it's uh 
it's not as fun to move around as it should be when you're a ninja, I find. Like, I, I really think that you should be able to duck in this game, and yep. you can't. You can't duck? And you can't duck. Maybe it's got a bad and back like you. Maybe. It's just... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got an ability to, like, do a dash, which, like, finally speeds things up a little but like i'm pretty sure i'm more than halfway through the game when this ability finally came out so i don't know i'm i've kind of tabled this one for now it's just really difficult like i just did a whole bunch of really hard shit in hollow knight and i was Mm. feeling so good about my platforming skills and then i start playing cyber shadow and like second stage i'm just dying all over the place and so (laughs) it made me feel bad about myself (laughs) Did you like uh, Shovel Knight? Because it's kind of the same pedigree, right? Or like similar, at least, in in style? Yeah. Yeah, I really like Shovel Knight. It was much more fun to move around. And it just like borrowed from so many different um, like NES games that I liked, like uh, Mario and Mega Man and all that stuff. So Yeah, I was watching our, uh, or my co-host, um, Steve play some Cyber Shadow on his Twitch channel, and uh, I, I usually will will flip on uh, his Twitch channel when I'm editing probably this podcast, and uh, you know just to have <laughs> some background. And I couldn't help but notice how good the soundtrack was for Cyber Shadow. Do you at least like the music? Do you think that's good? Yeah, I do like the music. Nice, nice. The thing with uh, the the uh, what do you call it? The uh, I was going to say Hollow Knight, um, Shovel Knight uh, comparison though is that the Shovel Knight sprite is big and Mm -hmm. um there's a certain feel to it that is much different than than cyber shadow i did play a little bit of cyber shadow and got really frustrated with it almost immediately (laughs) mostly because you can't duck um and there's like other stuff i'm reading about where it's like to dash you you press forward twice the game doesn't yeah. let you you don't switch you can't switch any of this stuff around plus shovel knight gives you a lot more flexibility where you've got that sweet ass uh link style zelda 2 downward thrust which makes mm-hmm. things like so much more forgiving and um so you can actually jump and like oh here here's this guy in my way i'm gonna bounce on him with my shovel whereas cyber shadow is not really that kind of game it's more of a ninja gaiden type game where uh, it, 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 <laughs> I, i'm starting to call these like arcus games trav oh yeah there's a speedrunner there yeah yeah the, he's, he's the ninja gaiden speedrunner guy and he makes these games look so easy because i'd imagine once you get really good at cyber shadow it's probably a freaking blast to play because it, it really looked like the the demo footage makes it look awesome because you, you're just flying around, you're going a million miles an hour. But when you start to play this one, it's it's pretty rigid. It's uh, I don't know. I don't like how small your guy is. Just that's just me. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not crazy about it yet. I would like to do a video on it eventually. But for whatever reason, anytime I talk about modern games, nobody seems to really give that much of a crap. So <laughs> I don't know. Fine. Okay. So Cyber Shadow, generally not liked on this podcast, it seems. I've not played it, though, so whatever. Uh, but Pam, I did catch you playing the medium there. That was one that people were telling me I would like because I don't, I don't know, maybe they, I don't know, they think I'm weird or something. But what did you, what do you think of that one? <laughs> it was all right. I just finished it yesterday, actually. Um, it looks very good. Like, it's very technically impressive. Um, 
It does this thing where you are in like the real world and in the spirit world at the same time. And you can kind of sort of like flip between them and they both have their own soundtracks and it's kind of cool. It's not the the scariest of scary games. And I wouldn't even really call it a survival horror, more of a like spooky adventure game. Hmm. But um, it's it's fairly similar to other Bloober team games like Observer or... um, I guess Blair Witch, but you know, a lot of puzzles. Um, there's this monster in it though that's super creepy. Um, it just the things it says to you while it's hunting you are just like, Ugh. like it's it's gross. I don't like it, but it's really creepy and very effective. But uh, the story kind of goes in all kinds of wacky directions, and um, it's a little bit uneven. But I generally enjoyed my time with it, and it's not too long, which I always like. Huh, Dag Nabbit, this is only for Windows and Xbox? Yes, sir. Yep. Yes. No, it's not for PS4 or 5. That sucks, because I was going to suggest uh, my girlfriend get this one, because she loves psychological horror st- stuff like this, even if it slants more toward uh, adventure. So it sounds like it'd be her thing, but... It does uh, kind of sound like a Pearl Time, yeah. Yeah, but... No Xbox. The game will not... No PlayStation version has been announced. Boo! But yeah. Um, okay, so it's in line with the rest of the stuff they've made, though, like Blair Witch and Observer. That's good to know. Um, I have not played any of that stuff, so... But it does look cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think Observer is my favorite of of the ones I've played. The Bloober Team stuff. Mm-hmm. So what um, recent game out of the last... I don't know. You know, we here at the Drunk Friends Podcast Institute, we we do our research. So I went back and watched your favorite games list, and you had, uh, I think it was the uh, Planescape Torment uh, as your number one game. Has anything come close to that recently since you made that game? Or, I'm sorry, since you made that video? Uh, Disco Elysium. Oh, okay. Which is a very similar kind of game. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, definitely another one with absolutely fantastic writing and even better um, role-playing capabilities. So, yeah, that that's sort of taken over as my, like, best RPG ever. Hmm. Any other, is it in any other category? Like, any other, what, like, what other games are you into, like, in terms of... Uh, you know, there, there's games like that, but uh, like, what's probably like the the most off the wall thing that you like? Like, do you like dig like a Mario Tennis here and there, or anything like that? <laughs> um, I don't know if there's any like sporty games. I tend to like sort of strategy games or weird FMV games, which they're still coming out with every once in a while. Um, I mean, another one that would probably be like up up high in that favorites list it's not really a weird game but outer wilds oh sure uh, definitely up there what's his name in our chat josh uh stands that game quite a bit oh hype man yeah Mm -hmm. indeed that's just like a perfect mix of like exploration and like figuring things out on your own and dying and learning something from it and trying again well speaking of fmv games um the past couple of weeks, I've started to started starting. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> I've started to uh, put together a Sega CD 
a big old project kind of a thing where I do the thing where I talk a little bit about, you know, 20, 25 games or something like that. It's like a 10 minute video or something like that. So is there, and I know I'm pretty sure I remember seeing you post uh, your, I, I think you have what the Lunar games on Sega CD or something like that. You're a big Snatcher fan. Is that, am I getting that right? Yes, I do. Okay. I do like Snatcher. So what else, what other Sega CD stuff would you consider to be must play? I say FMV because I'm trying to avoid that stuff. Oh. <laughs> um, specifically FMV? I I will, I think the Dune game is fantastic. It's Dune. also on PC. Yeah. But okay. Dune is like a really cool mix of, it's almost like a point and click adventure part of the time, but then it's also a very slow moving real time strategy after a little while. Hmm. So it would make sense it, within the Dune universe though because are, are you like managing resources and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, you're managing, you're sending like Fremen to go and mine spice and then you're sending people to go and like train um with like military stuff and go out and fight the Harkonnen and sometimes you can like plant things which will decrease spice production but it'll mean that the Harkonnen are no longer interested in those bases so yeah you go out and you get like a bunch of equipment and people and that sounds so, like yeah. some something I would dig for sure yeah mm-hmm. it's actually a really good um I feel like it's a really good way of bringing Dune to a video game. Like, it doesn't get into, like, the really deep kind of story stuff, but mechanically it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, how would you get into the story stuff in a video game? There's so much of it, and it's so Mm -hmm. all over the place. So, yeah. Okay, I'll add that to my ever-expanding list here. I've got... um, Man, I found some really freaking good... I had no idea Sega CD had such good stuff it's it's almost been like memed into having nothing but like you know sewer shark and (laughs) you know stupid stuff like that but it's got like silpede and um soul star is a really fun like star fox type game rail shooter there's the lunar games there's popful mail um robo alest is another good shoot em up what's that which one oh robo alest that's right Mm -hmm. um yeah, I've I've had more than one person mention that one. Uh, I haven't gotten around to that one yet. But um, anybody listening um, to this, I, I uh, implore you to go look up footage for a game called Road Blaster FX for Sega CD. It is freaking crazy looking because it looks like you're playing a Saturday Saturday morning cartoon. And it is... I had never seen this before. I mean, I had... But I thought it was just like an old school Laserdisc arcade game. But the fact that they were able to pull this off on Sega CD is pretty freaking cool. And it, the way it works is just there's so there's like hand drawn animation, and you're swerving in and out of traffic, and it's it's pretty freaking awesome. It's one of those games where you, I can't help but feel like it was like custom made for me when I play it. So it's <laughs> really really fun. Um, so anybody listening, that's my. That's uh, the SNES drunk pick of the week. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess that's a thing now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really digging me some Sega CD lately. Yeah, I I really like it. They just because it's got such weird games on it. Like I like the FMV stuff, even though I know that most of them on Sega CD aren't that 
great. But I don't know. They just do really cool things like Prize Fighter, which is probably one of the less well-known ones where it's just like a boxing game. So it's kind of like Punch-Out, except it's like footage of real people and you're like punching and dodging and weaving and like. <laughs> That's right. That's the game they always made sure to show on the commercials and stuff. When, whenever they advertised Sega CD and it made it look like it was like a real boxing match. Mm-hmm. But when you actually play it, it's really kind of janky. Yeah. <laughs> I, rem- I remember playing that at uh, Funko Land way back in the day. You still there, Trav? Yeah. Yeah, man. I was just thinking, I bought that <laughs> game kind of recently and tried it out. I don't think I landed a single punch. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a button mashing. I was ducking and weaving. I was even in my chair ducking and weaving and sparring and juking. Uh, but no, no dice. But you know, it was fun. I liked the little story it threw in there. It had some, some of that, uh, uh, yeah, fifties like flavor, kind of like, almost. I don't know. It's like go the get black guy. and white. Yeah, yeah. It can't be a true boxing game without the without the the short bald guy that's like yeah, yeah. you know the the, the, the Rocky <laughs> cliche thing. Exactly. Does it have real boxers in it though? Like real? Mm. Is there like a two player mode where you pick between people, or is it just that one? I think it's just the one single player campaign. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's just the one single player. Huh. Yeah, pretty limited but kind of neat. I guess. That's it's kind of how I feel about any... the Sega CD2 is like it's just neat. Like I'll, I'll try anything on it. That's how <laughs> neat I think it is. It's like the 3DO to me. It's like just put something in there, see what it does. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. 3D- try something else. 3DO. Yeah. Man, I remember uh, they really went all out, at least in my area growing up with the, the 3DO. They had like a huge display um, at the Best Buy that was by our house, or closest to our house, I should say. And um, they had like three monitors playing Gex. And um, yeah, I remember playing it and being like, yep, these are sure some fancy graphics. Yep, look <laughs> at that Gex. It's really detailed, really, really detailed. You, you could see him breathing and stuff. But at the end of the day, it was just freaking Mario. You know, it's just a platformer. Like, it, there's nothing all that new or innovative. Was it? Was it well done? Yeah. Am I going to spend nine hundred dollars to get it? No. So he had a lot yeah, of sass, it's... though, Alex. So much sass. He was <laughs> snarky. Attitude. You wore sunglasses. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sounds like it to me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but they they really went balls to the wall with the advertisement and the the presentation and all that at that particular Best Buy. I don't think anybody <laughs> ever bought it though. It was it was. Anytime I went by there, I was there was nobody playing them. I felt kind of bad for them. So maybe they got some pity purchases, but uh, maybe yeah. Other than that, yeah. Sega CD is one thing I'm working on. The other thing I'm working on. Um, it's funny you say you're playing more Genesis, Pam, because the other thing I want to get into is, um. Genesis Disney games. I want to get into every Sega Genesis Disney game that exists. Um, oh. And apparently there's 22 of them, including two Beauty and the Beast games. Hmm. But um, there's also uh, Math Antics with Disney's 101 Dalmatians. There's also... What else is there? Oh, there's Gargoyles. For some reason, I have not really played this game yet. It's kind of tough. It's based on the... It's fun. It looks good. It's tough. I thought so, but I mean, forget I said that. I'm just shitty at games all around the board. It was tough for me. <laughs> oh no, no, no I, I don't. I don't mean like you think it's tough. I mean like, oh, it's hard. Like that's that's kind of weird for a Disney game, but because I I've hardly played it, so I need to I need to get in on that though. But um, and of course there's the um, illusion games with Mickey Mouse, which some people swear by and say they're like, oh, they're way better than the 
um, what do you call it? Magical Quest games on Super Nintendo. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm interested because I love the Magical Quest games. So I'm interested to dive into those too. Cool. Do you have any anybody else have any experience with any Disney Genesis stuff? Isn't Fantasia one? Yeah, it is. Because that one I think is also extremely hard. But again, I'll just go ahead and say I'm really bad at video games. But I thought like for a Mickey Mouse game, uh, it was aggravating. So I'm interested to hear what you think about that one because that specifically hmm. sticks out to me as a, uh, I don't know, a, c- a cushion puncher. Or, yeah, I was going to say, are all these platformers? Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, I think mostly. I, uh, what have I, I think I've only played a couple. I played Castle of Illusion, which I did think was really good. And then Aladdin, which is also good, also very difficult at times, but like really great animations. Yep. Um, yeah, and then I, I have Bell's Quest, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I can't wait to revive the hundred-year-old argument, like which is better, the Super Nintendo Aladdin or the Genesis Aladdin? And then how dumb is it that he has a sword in the Genesis one, even though he never had a sword in the movie, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> Good times all around. You got to get, uh, <laughs> gotta get Console Wars Dan involved. Have him. <laughs> you know, call you out or something, or antagonize you as your as the devil on your shoulder or something. Yeah, this this um, Fantasia game. I've got a long play up uh, as we're talking here. This game is intensive. Like you're swimming, you're uh, you're going all over the place. You're on top of old Smokey over here. Like you're <laughs> like, geez, like this, what don't you do in this game? <laughs> it it looks it does look pretty hard though. There's an absurd amount of enemies on the screen. Yeah, I just clicked to open it. Yeah, the uh, the first um, minute and a half there. Yeah, I never got past that room. The <laughs> the one with the the the, t- the beige brick. Good luck getting out of there. Yeah, and enjoying. The it looks other like that's minutes. your. Yeah, it looks like that's kind of your your hu- your overworld hub that you sw- or maybe not because <laughs> it looks like you return to that for some reason. I don't know, man. Huh. Good luck. That's all I'll say. Yeah, see, I've been putting this one off. This was a Patreon request from like two years ago, and I've been putting this off because I just, it's such a big project, and I, I just don't have time to sit there and play all these, uh, what appears to be evidently platformers. Um, yeah, that's going to be a. Someone was allowed to request that you just talk about 25 games. How much did they pay you? <laughs> Might want to <laughs> rethink that. For only $1, you get to request <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. No, it was, it's it, pretty much, he just threw it out there. Like, you should start doing, you know, the, the same kind of videos for um, Sega Genesis that you do for Super Nintendo. Like, for example, what about the Genesis Disney game? Since blah, 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 their Genesis is more well-known for, for Disney stuff than Super Nintendo ever was. And I thought that was a good point. So I kept a note of it and took down the guy's name and all that sort of stuff. So Cool. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was like two years ago. Sorry, George. George. <laughs> Hopefully you're still with us today, George. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're... we're pushing time here we got so excited we had we had old person corner we had tartar sauce corner which came out of nowhere um quick little ketchup mayonnaise corner that i thought was pretty good and then uh we've moved in here we had how many corners does this room have several corners you went on a you did a pick of the week thing that we've never done before and so hmm. it's a it's it's a crazy podcast but i thought maybe uh we could ask pam she's doing this uh this uplink thing again i think uh is that right uh, for the first time. I don't know why I said again. I'm really sorry about that. You're doing the uplink thing? <laughs> thing? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. great. W- what's that going to be like? Where, when's it going to be, and what are you doing? So it's Saturday, the 20th. Crap. 
I don't know if this. Yeah. Okay. How did it go? <laughs> yeah. That was great. That's fantastic. I'm glad yeah. it went well. Would you do it again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do it fantastic. again. The audience was great. Huh. I'm really glad it worked out. Nice to talk to Daria. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. I did it last year, but I had to turn it down this year just because I got so anxious. Uh, I f- hmm. the nerves weren't. I'm just. I just don't have the stomach for stuff like that. But you said we would do a Japan yeah. tour. You're on camera all the time anyway, so you don't care. That's true. I don't want. Yeah, it's. I don't. It's the coming up with an idea part that is difficult. Like they invited me, I was like, oh yeah, sure, and then they emailed me again like three months later. Like, so what do you want to? What do you want your panel to be about? I was like, oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they did the same thing with me, and only I shot them an idea first, and then I never heard back for another few months. And then, like, the day before, they're like, oh, yeah, it sounds good. That's good. Yep, sure. And I'm like, well, wait. What <laughs> What? What are the expectations here? What am I supposed to do? So I got all worked up about all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear yours went well, though. Thank you. <laughs> me too. Uh, okay, I guess we can move in. We have a couple listener questions here. Uh, the first one from Charles. He asks, if you could bring back any game for a do-over, like it showed real potential, but they just dropped the ball or they didn't have the technology to pull it off, what would you bring back? Well, it seems like a lot of those have already been done. You know what I mean? Like Even stuff like, uh, like we were just talking Sega CD, um, even that has a, uh, remember the game Out of This World? That's actually the first game that or- came to mind when I thought of this. Yeah, that that they uh ha- that has a really good version of it on uh Sega CD. Hmm. Okay. So hmm, I'm trying to think of like I really know what to pick for this. Well, I mean there's there's if you think of like overly ambitious ports like Populous for Game Boy. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if you could uh exactly, you know, you could work on that till the cows come home and that would still not be that great oh speaking of which speaking of do-overs um there's a guy out there his name is vitor villela um he lives in brazil and he is a genius uh codes master i guess i don't know what to call him but he has been he's the guy that's responsible for all the sa1 patches on all these old super nintendo games like he did one for gradius 3 to speed the game up and get rid of all the slowdown he did one for he did the same thing for uh, I think Super Castlevania Four, um, uh, Super R Type was his most recent one I think, and now he's messing with the game Race Driving, which is freaking hilarious because that game just <laughs> look at any screenshot of that game and it's just funny looking because it's so jank looking. Is that um, the one you spoofed? It is right. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I spent uh, about five minutes on the intro and about two seconds on the game. <laughs> He uh, decided to just mess with the code of that game and kind of redo it as if, you know, as if he could try and save this game. And he's having a blast doing it on Twitter. And it's freaking hysterically funny because it's clear that the game is like running so fast and so smoothly that it's going beyond the rest of the game's capabilities. Like there's a replay function, for example, in that game that shows a re like if you crash and burn uh, the replay shows your crash, uh, you know, from all sorts of different camera angles and stuff. 
well, he's sped the game up so fast and it runs so smoothly now that the when he crashes, the replay runs like less than a second <laughs> because it only can capture so many frames. So he just crashes and then it's like, and then it's back to the beginning of the game. Wow. I don't know. It's funnier when you see it. I'm sure. Vitor Villela on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, that's a game that was obviously ambitious, but at the same time, I don't know that it needs a do-over. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's given it the old college try anyway, just because he can, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I feel like if I thought hard enough, I could come up with answers, but nothing's just coming to me. You know what I mean? It's, I'm in one of those situations. Yeah. I There is one game that my dad played... Um, I, my dad, uh, maybe you can relate to this, Trav. My dad had um, was one of those guys where he'd go to the CompUSA bargain bin, and he'd be he'd see like a uh, a game in there for like you know four dollars, three dollars. But how can this game be bad? It's got three CDs that come with it. <laughs> That's a lot of content. I need to get this. So he got this game called Mabus, and you can look this up. It's spelled M A A B U S. And it's just a trash heap. Like it's it's completely unintuitive. It's slow as hell. You get dropped off on this like island in this tank, and it's completely radioactive. I guess the the island is, and you have to like take out all these mutated beasts. And you've got full motion video of like these army generals telling you what to do and stuff like that. But it's just a disaster. So I want to see a remake of that in honor of my dad. <laughs> yeah, I looked up a screenshot. That is bad. It's pretty freaking bad, yeah. I still have it. I don't know how to how to get it to run, but I still have it. I can think of two. They're both PC games. The first one is Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura, which is, uh, I think came out in 2001, and it was developed by Troika, who, with all of their games, like Vampire the Masquerade, uh, ended up being kind of buggy and rushed at the end, but it's this, just this really cool RPG with, like, magic versus technology and like very like political stories and things in it but it's just a little like a little ugly the combat's a little garbage (laughs) if they could just remake that again with like one of those newer isometric crpg engines that people are using now like for divinity original sin or pillars of eternity or something i think it could be a really awesome game Hmm. i've never heard that was the longest name of a game i've ever heard <laughs> it's like is that a kingdom Hearts sequel or something and like none of them were actually words i was familiar with so it was strange but it's i just i googled it uh-huh. and i got close enough to google was like you mean this so arcanum of steamworks and magic obscura with magic with a k of course mm-hmm. so i've never i've never birth by sleep part 25 <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> and was that okay that was just one and then you had a second one uh the second one is a game called creatures which was like a I don't know, kind of like a sim where you had these weird, cute little creatures and they would hatch and you were supposed to like teach them. Like apparently they could like learn language and you would have to show them like what's good to eat and what's not. And eventually they grow up and they would like breed and you would get new creatures and like you could mess with their genetics and stuff. And I don't know if I, w- if I was just bad at the game or if at that point, like, the AI just wasn't nearly where it needed to be. But I think with, like, shiny new AI, that could be a really interesting game. Yeah. I looked up screenshots. It looks, uh, dare I say, cute. Huh. Mm -hmm. I came up with with an answer while um, 
Pam was describing the game with the very long name. She mentioned PC games and a PC game that I liked as a kid, but I thought could use a little more refinement. Maybe it was just my slow-ass compact Presario at the time, but the black and white, I like that game quite a bit. And I think a modernization of that yeah. with some better AI and, and stuff could be fun. That'd be a good idea, yeah. yeah. Speak God with a big kitty cats and stuff, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that game in a million years. Right, we do have one more question. I think this is a this is a good Alex question here. Dylan asks, is there any sport that you don't think has enough of a virtual presence? Do we need more Jialai or snooker games, for example? Is there any sport out there you're just itching, Alex, <laughs> itching to play? I think curling might be a good answer there. Yeah, give me a curling yeah. game made by U.S. Gold go. or something like that, or, or a Mindscape uh, cricket game or something. Um I, I was really surprised to find out there was only one out of all the freaking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Super Nintendo games. There's only one cricket game, which I thought was kind of weird. So I thought it would be there'd be a lot more of that. Is that even a, a North American game? The cricket game? No, it's uh, it's not even a Japanese game. I think I think it's only PAL regions. Any sport that you don't think, no, there doesn't need to be any more. You know, we can only handle so much Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> I guess. So, but yeah, no, I don't know. Any sport. The only other sports, it's like we can play them ourselves, like the ones I can think of, like darts. <laughs> like, I'd rather just go play darts. Well, there's a darts game on the NES. I was thinking, though, the video games are a really good way for me to learn the rules of sports I'm not familiar with. Like, Yeah, exactly. I didn't have exposure to soccer growing up because there wasn't a flat piece of land for 230 miles around me. So <laughs> um, playing soccer games, I was like, oh, when it goes out of bounds, no one gives a shit. I thought that was a big deal before. Guess not. You just run and go get it and throw it back in. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but rugby, that's a sport I've always been curious about. And there are a few rugby games out there, but not many. That could be fun. Yeah, maybe if EA got a hold of, of that, of them... <laughs> Did, yeah. maybe they have and that, that like nobody cares maybe like, maybe it just didn't come out in the rugby yeah. ea pam you got a sports kink that hasn't been uh satisfied yet through video games i don't know i don't know why i said I, it like that i can't <laughs> when you put it like that <laughs> I, um i like 20 25 years ago i would have said like equestrian like give me some more horse games like mm. show jumping cross country get some like western like calf roping in there like some dressage all of that stuff that mm -hmm. would be cool um my wife would agree with that she's she was a horse girl growing up uh horsewoman now too. i don't mean that in like she's part horse i'm not married to a singer. <laughs> she's she's a huge fan of equestrian sports and horses in general and yeah i think she would have really enjoyed that but i think uh it was at the ds and game uh game boy advance era went wild on some some horse themed games there so probably flooded the market I with horses to be honest probably yeah as a joke one year um it was part of super Derek's uh secret santa thing way back in like 2014 i think Somebody bought me a Let's Ride Together, I think it was called, or something <laughs> like that, where you take care of your own horse. And I thought I thought it was extremely frustrating because you couldn't just take your horse and just go like do stuff before mm. you had to like use the extremely unintuitive UI to like put hay somewhere and like <laughs> fill the thing with water and then brush it and then clean the brush and all that sort of stuff. Like, Didn't you have to make a video out of it? Is that something that... I did, yeah. It's, yeah. it's still on my channel somewhere. 
Uh, I gotta go watch that. I don't think I. I, I think should, I I should probably find. I can find it and link it. It'll take two seconds. Gotcha. It's like it's like called like Let's Ride Dreamer or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yo, December twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Wow, I actually published it on Christmas. Well, go check that out, folks. If you're for for your viewing hankering. pleasure. Yeah. Well, do we have any other uh, su- or answers for this old question? I don't know. I I mean, like I said, like now I want to play some darts. Let's play some darts. Yeah. You get anybody a good darts player? I'm a good darts player. Hmm. So you'd kick both our asses then? Because I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good darts player. My the door of my bedroom would be would testify in court that I'm not a good darts <laughs> player. <laughs> Any bar games. They should just make a bar games video game. Ooh, that'd be cool. I feel like that might be a VR thing already. If not, it should be. Well, it should definitely be a quarantine thing, because I miss going to bars and playing pool. And and uh, there's always a, uh, a Buckshot Hunter, or whatever that game is called. Mm. And there's there's always a golden tea there. Sometimes they'll have something, they'll have something advanced, like... Uh, one of those, uh, oh, what do you call them? Those weird, like, balancing, like, where you have to guide the marble through the maze. You ever seen those before? Where, like, you tilt this yeah. board back and forth. I don't know what you call those, but there was a bar I went to once that had one of those, and it was always entertaining to watch people that were hammered try and <laughs> <laughs> just pump their quarters into that thing and constantly fail. Well, I think we've done a full episode. I want to say that we have... We had several corners. We talked about video games even a couple times there, and uh, it was pretty fun. So, Pam, Let's thanks. Talk more about food. What's everyone's go-to sandwich? Oh, man. I'm basic. If you're at a I'll restaurant just... and you got to get a sandwich, what's what's your go-to? Maybe a Reuben for me. Oh, you stole my answer. Oh, sorry. He stole everyone's answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different if I'm making it, but if I'm in a restaurant, yeah, a Reuben's good. Reuben's good because like, it's really hard to make the right way and it's too many like specialty ingredients like you got to get sauerkraut and marble mm-hmm. rye mm-hmm. honestly any any smoked meat sandwich mm. that comes with a pickle i'm happy you're a pickle person <laughs> oh yeah okay so at any time okay because i'm always i always feel guilty when i throw away i i usually take a bite out of the dill pickle but then I'm like, I wish I hadn't done that, and then I throw it away. But I still feel guilty. Like, man, everybody throws these away. But it's good to know somebody out there is eating those dill pickles. Now I feel less bad. I didn't know there were people out there throwing away dill pickles. Yep, that's me. Monster. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to try Sweet one more. pickles are way oh. better. All right. No. No, I like. No. Give me the dill. Give me the dill. Ah, sweet pickles, man. I used to eat sweet pickles just for fun when I was a kid. Like, just hand in the jar, pull out, like, four or five. Oh, oh, oh. It was good times. Great childhood. Your fingers smelled weird, but that's <laughs> to be expected. You've gone from pickles to tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the oldest conversations I've ever had in my life. Okay. Yeah, well, I've been, you know, I've been trying to do us a favor. I've been trying to get to the sign off here, but every time I do, someone yells a food. So I'm going to try one more What time about here. horseradish? I can do it. I like it. I like a nice thick spread every now and then. Not every now and then. My dad is a huge horseradish guy, but I've never liked it ever. Really? My, my dad's a weirdo, though, when it comes to food. He's do you like strange. wasabi? Uh, it depends. Okay. It, uh, context matters in that sense. Sure. Sometimes I can't handle it, but if I'm in the right mood, I'll I'll take on the challenge. Pam wasabi. 
I don't really have it often, but I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. If it's there. Do you mix it with the soy? Do a little with soy action? Is that is that something you're not supposed to do? Is that like putting ketchup on steak? I never know. <laughs> I'm always... I don't always, know. That's a good question. I've never heard of that. I try to hide from the from the sushi chef when I do it. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> you got it like under the table, like mixing it <laughs> on Quick your mix. plate. On the, on the salad dish. <laughs> I bring my own in a shake bottle. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm going to try one more time. Pam, thanks once again for taking the time to hang out with us. We really do appreciate it. You're you've are a return guest. It's a rarity on this show, so you're special to us, and uh, we like hanging out. Well, thank you. I'm happy to hear I'm special, and I always enjoy being on the show. Yeah. We have to say that because Alex talked bad about you a couple episodes ago. So. <laughs> I did not talk bad. Yeah. I thought it was funny. You, you said I was like the worst guest? Is that what you said? <laughs> Pretty sure he said those exact words. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, like, my mind went to, like, who? what would be the funniest person to pick out as the worst guest because they're, like, <laughs> like just the nicest person. But, yeah. Well, I don't even remember the last time I, I brought her up. With, I think it was because you you captured all that, like, sweet Coden footage. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine, mm-hmm. I like imagining that because I imagine my computer trying to handle all that footage and it just bursts into flames. <laughs> and it just it just explodes because uh yeah for whatever reason my my editing software cr- crashes spectacularly when it 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 gets too much when something's too long or too big of a file like it doesn't know what to do with it or something and it just it dies so good well, times good great go t- ahead trav sorry Thanks. Yeah, well, that was your your long form apology to Pam. I had to let you get that in. So, uh, all right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail dot com. We love hearing from you. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Sorry, we're slow. Please head over to the uh, polymedianetwork.com pod. Uh, what the hell? Polymedianetwork.com website if you want to hear more podcasts as good, if not a little bit better than this one. Who knows? Uh, Tales of the Lesser Medium has a new series about Half-Life, which is pretty funny if I do say so myself. There's Petey's Power Hour. It's pretty good. Polykill, Indie Quest, and more. Oh, sorry. I was Googling Tales of the Lesser Medium. I didn't realize you had new episodes. Yeah. Um, which you should all be doing right now anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're not interested in sending an email, it's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. Big time. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at Snestrunk, and you can find Pam at Jasila underscore. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you're hearing right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And that Josh Leslie guy we referenced earlier, he did our thirst-quenching logo, thanks to him. That's right. That's actually the best you've read that uh, sign-off in a long time. Congratulations there, Alex. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. Thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. 